Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, joined by my wonderful co-host, Jeremy Dunn. <laughs> How are you doing Your this wonderful Sunday? co-host, huh? I'm doing well, actually. My Sunday's going well, and uh, just kind of kicking it, you know what I mean? Oh, that's great. It's yelling at me. My computer is yelling at me again. Um, I always forget to, like, hit the pause button. Um, oh, look, chat's working now. God, that was weird. Okay, so anyway... Um, Sunday's going well. Um, oh, 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 I know what I wanted to mention. Just really quick is, um, I don't know if anybody has heard. Did you hear about this, Rob, about the um, California Assemblyman? His name is Mike Duvall, who was caught. <laughs> so get this. He, he was talking about two affairs that he was having. Okay. Are you there? Okay. Two. And one didn't know about the other one, but he is, he was in Sacramento and he he leaned over to tell his tell somebody else what was going on, but he was at a committee meeting and he didn't think the microphone was turned on. It's all over YouTube. Oh really? Yeah. But but the worst part of it is, is um, I mean, he goes into some really graphic detail. And this guy, married, with children, is having two affairs and not having protected sex. That's a shame. It is a shame. It, it's, it's a crying shame is what it and is. And he talks about having unprotected sex? Oh, my God, in detail. Okay, well, we'll talk about that more later in the second part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll allow people to, to have something to listen to, to talk about later and, you know, the importance of all that. But um, yes. we do have um, a, a special guest on today. His name is Richard Schuping, and he is an author, a singer-songwriter. He is a – let me just pull it up before I get it screwed up. He's an inspirational speaker, a holistic health consultant, um, and he's going to talk about his book and how he – um, says he transcended AIDS. So it's interesting because it's going to be more of a spiritual approach and a, a different way to look at you, yourself as a person, and your your disease, whether it be HIV or, or any other disease that you may have that may conflict in you moving forward. So I think it will be interesting to have him share his story and, and about the book because it's definitely a, a different way to look at it. You know, it puts a different spin on it. Yes, yes. I, I'm looking forward to the conversation as well. Great. Let's see. I know I have him here on the line, so let's bring him on. Richard, welcome to the show. Well, hi. Thank you very much, Robert. I'm happy and humbled to be here with you. That's great. So do you prefer us to call you Richard or Rich? Um, Rich is fine. Either way, really, whatever's comfortable and you know smooth for you. <laughs> cool, cool. So I'm here with Jeremy. Hey, Richard. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Jeremy. It's nice to meet you and to be here with you tonight. Oh, terrific. Oh, yeah, yeah. we'll see after after the half hour, then you're going to be like, oh, hang this up. Bore you to tears. We'll see. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, first, a little um, back history, Rich, of um, uh, when you were diagnosed and your process to where you are now before we talk about your book. Okay. Um, well, after, uh, during the dying months of my third husband, who passed from "quote unquote" AIDS um, in 19, I believe 93 or 4, that's when I found out I was HIV positive. Um, like I said, I had lost two husbands before that, 
and then this was my third husband who was passing. Um, and, and then I lost, found out. You lost three three husbands in ten years, right? Yeah, I did. I I, I was just absolutely destroyed. You know, it, it's it's beyond words. You, um, I mean, it, it's just so much, so much of a constant storm, a constant shifting of who you think that you are, um, that it's timeless, you know, and, and it's just inexpressible. And it's just something that happened, and every part of it offered me more of a holistic ex- uh, perspective of really what a human being is. Now, when you say holistic, can you explain so for people who may not know what you mean? Because some people may not be familiar with the term. Okay, sure. What I mean really is the wholeness of our expression as being a human. I mean, I was a mother. I was a brother. I was a priest. I was a nurse. Basically, I became and encapsulated so many different qualities that a human being has that each one afforded me more of a wisdom of who we really are. You know, we are really this eternal love, you know, this eternal power, this energy, this pure consciousness that where we place our attention, then we are. And so when I was going through these incredibly heartbreaking, you know, like I said, just um, things you just can't share with another person, and these different qualities of myself were coming out, uh, I was just realizing that I was more. And so now as I reflect and I write back and I share with people, I can, I can relate from all of these different types of beings that we can be. I know what it's like to change adult diapers for months on end. I know what it's like to have a lover look at you and not recognize you anymore. Uh, you know, I know what it's like to fight uh, a lover's family over money. You know, it's like I so much of that I brought into my own suffering journey, and that is what gave me clarity and how I transcended AIDS or what I call AIDS consciousness. Okay, you want to explain that so people can understand too? Sure, absolutely. I mean, we've heard, you know, what you think you are. Um, And really what I realized is that when I finally sat down in pure exhaustion after all of my own issues, you know, I I ended up basically just being bedridden for months on end. And I wasn't looking at the television anymore. I was looking inside of myself. And I realized that I would just had all of these negative thoughts, all of these limiting thoughts, all of these fears. And every one of them was a part of the consciousness that was limiting me and kind of veiling the pure love that we all really are. And so when it was, had to do with AIDS, everything was fear-based. Everything was anger. I, everything was judgmental. I felt so guilty. I, I was judging myself. I was judging the world. And because of all these things, they were draining me. They were draining my energy because in order to support these systems in our consciousness, It takes energy. It takes our attention. And so when my energy is all on this fear of dying, fear of AIDS, fear of HIV, then that's my belief. And so... Do you think think that the the stigma around that and the lack of, like, education in the public eye kind of, like, instills that fear in all of us? Yes. You know, and allows us to project that kind of, like, negative energy out because that's all we're constantly thinking about because that's what we're, we're shown? Exactly, and that's what, and we're told that's who we are, so we believe it, and then our belief perpetuates this limited idea of what it really means to be a human being. Because, you know, we can sit right here, and we cannot believe anything, and we don't disappear. We exist. We are true existence. We are life. And so when we start to take on these belief systems, and we start to take on these roles, they limit us. I mean, they're, they're interesting, and we learn incredible things from them, but we don't really have to. And so when I was going through my consciousness, I realized that anything that I could observe, I was more than, and I had heard this before, but I began to experientially experience being more. 
Because if I could think about all these aspects of what we thought AIDS were, and I did all my research, I found nothing conclusive, as there really still isn't anything conclusive, because it's about a journey into yourself. You really have to know who you are and why you're suffering. You know, we just call this AIDS, but it's really just a group of common disorders that we don't quite really understand. So we don't even have to worry about the symptoms. If we go to the source, which is within ourselves, and we find out what we are thinking and what our beliefs are, we become more than these limitations because we are truly unlimited. So are you, are you saying that we – okay, I, I'm trying to understand what you just said, so <laughs> – would it, would I'm sorry. It, I, I guess I'm, I'm just saying, you know, there's always an awareness, a pure awareness coming out of our eyes. You know, that's what we really are. Our bodies change. You know, our voices change. We may get a liver transplant. We might lose an arm. We're still this same awareness. So it's really about finding some stillness, simplifying your input because you're so ill and so drained of energy that you're not looking externally for energy you can connect with it from inside of you. Because oh, really, we... Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, go right Oh, no, I, please. Saying, so are, are you possibly saying that this is a never, ne- never, another level of hope, maybe? Or is it beyond hope? Is it bigger than hope? Do you mean within myself, my understanding? Well, it, it's a knowing. I mean, really, like I said, if you if you sit down and you stop believing in these things, you still exist. And so that existence is what your awareness is. This is, you know, it's really about knowing yourself and and observing that we have these huge belief systems that we think they are killing. We think that these physical things are, are killing us. But really, it's our beliefs about these things that are truly draining our energy and changing our whole perception of ourselves and of love. So So what I'm saying is that I am just showing that we, that AIDS is, it's a consciousness issue. You know, what you think, that is what you see in the world. You know, if you have fears inside of you of scorpions, then you're going to see a scorpion and be afraid of it. And that is your own creation. You are projecting your fear out into the world, and the world is showing you that object to be afraid of. So is it sort of similar to, like, um, I guess you would say, like, positive thinking? Yeah, I, I mean, in a way, but it's really not even thinking. You know, because when we're still, when you are sitting with your eyes closed and you are, are quiet and you're observing your mind, you are greater than your thoughts because you're observing your thoughts. You know, we get lost in our thinking and we think that we're this role and we think that we're only this. We think that we're this color, you know, but really you can observe all of those things so you truly are more. And that, you know, blew my mind. I never, I never, I was just changing my diet and I was just uh, listening to my body and I just started to meditate and once I gave my attention to within myself. Once I looked within, I realized that I and we are so much more than we think we are. Because you usually... Really, I'm sorry. No, 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 please, go. Uh, I, I was going to ask, um, so, so you're really coming at the HIV infection from a more spiritual angle then it's very deep (laughs) so you're you're coming at coming at it from from that emotional spiritual oneness side are you also um are are you also under any kind of medical care or meds are you on medications or anything like that or i am not no and i don't deny assistance it's just I have a clearer perspective now. I stopped taking medications January 26, 2006. It wasn't a thought. It was that I knew I was more 
than what these medications were treating because I had connected with that love within myself. So yes, you can say this is a, a quote-unquote spiritual um, way I'm sharing this, you know, but it's... I did get double pneumonia in 2007, but even though I was treating my body, there's no separation. It's more of an expanded perspective. It's like I watched my body take these medications. I, I watched myself go into the hospital because you can... Things can occur and things can happen, but it's almost like you say, in the world but not of the world. And that's because truly your true awareness that is always there, that is immutable, that is omniscient, that is never really changing, you can sit in that center and then really you're free. Anything can happen. And that's what I'm trying to share, that AIDS is the most amazing gift, if you will, because you are so exhausted, you are so afraid, you are so overwhelmed, that you are so near your core that it just takes the slightest shift of awareness and you can sit in that center and then you are at peace because you don't create peace, you realize peace. So when, so this journey for you obviously didn't, didn't happen overnight. No. Um, you went through a series of of relationships that you know that that ended in in your partner passing correct and that was over a 10 year time span yeah how long did it take you to get where you are today i mean after, because you mentioned about you know your your three your three partners that have that have passed before, you know, now. Where yeah. are you today? What, what's what's well, what's going on today? Well, right now I am with my lover, my husband, uh, Calvin, and we are almost together 14 years. Oh, congratulations! And this, oh, my thank you. This is a I call him my golden angel because he has been through all of this with me. He has, you know, dressed my wounds. You know, he has and everything. He's come to the hospital, and then he's also just, you know, watched this cr craziness as I've quote-unquote awakened. <laughs> so, I mean, I am blessed and just grateful to breathe, truly. So everything is a gift to me, because it's, I, I went to hell. I, I purely went to hell. So now I'm, like I said, I'm just here, and whatever happens, it happens as a part of the experience. But Some of the other I, things that you do is... Um I noticed on your site um, that you also you write songs, and I've listened to some of them on there, which they're pretty good. I can't sing, so I'm horrible. So I give you kudos for doing oh. it because I couldn't even put myself out there like that. And um, oh. yeah. they're beautiful. Um, the words to the you. songs are beautiful. Um, I like the way you have it laid out kind of where it's like, um, you know, you have the, the lyrics there. Yes. Did you always sing? Was it something? Because I know previously you said that you were a priest. So. Like I kind of want to. Well, no, I'm sorry. I meant in the world. I'm, I wasn't an actual priest. I meant in the sense of being, you know, being over somebody's dying bed and taking their last rites. You oh, know, okay. Actually, I, I see what you mean. I'm sorry. Yeah, and which we all do that. That compassion. That's what I was referring to. Right. That's but thank you about the music. That I have. Yes, I was basically singing before I talked, and I was always in bands in high school, and I've always written music. So that, is, that has been a consistent expression of mine. And um, right now, I'm, I love it. I enjoy it. It's such an amazing thing to be able to do. And I am looking to mature that. I've done all the recording myself, all the instrumentation, all the singing. And I would love and be honored to meet somebody who resonates with what I am sharing to get this to a larger stage, you know, re-record it, get some gigs, whatever. I'm here. Um, so... Yes, music is a very big part, and I also, you know, create art. Um, and what kind of art do you do? It's it's just digital inspirational. I do note cards. Um, it's just things that kind of happen in the moment. I have posters available on my site. I've made T-shirts, um, you know, with ins with some of my inspirational messages on them. Um, so I'm kind of always just doing something, you know. <laughs> and I. Um, and I work with people, and I just absolutely love to be 
in a divine space with another being and, you know, just share, just share in silence, share our stories, and just open up to that larger divinity, that larger love that we are. Um, and it's amazing. It happens all the time. And So how was you know, your, um, just to back it up a little bit to your personal story, how was it when, um, like, you disclosed to your family for the first time or let them know what was going on that you were diagnosed how was that process and their reaction? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that, telling you know either their parents or their siblings or their friends. How was I, that for you? Yeah, my family's incredible. They, nothing changed. They were just, well, we love you. You know, what are we going to do? What do you want to do? I, there was, there was never any question. My my family has always accepted me at every, you know, quote unquote level of understanding, you know, that I've had. It, it's. It's amazing. I came out when I was about 17, and then when I was diagnosed, um, I don't remember exactly when I told them how I told them, but there's never been any point of contention. There's never been any feeling that they became distant. There was definitely their own fears about AIDS and about mortality, which I don't, I'm not even, you know, I don't worry about, and I have no idea if they've resolved that, if they ever will, if they need to. But concerning their love for me, it's never faded and tarnished. I'm blessed. Yeah, that's always good to hear because a lot of people fear that their family is going to reject them. So to hear something yeah. like that, that, you know, that offers a lot of people who are listening a lot of hope. You know what I mean? Because they go through that, especially if they're newly diagnosed. Um, yeah. Do you have a support system now? Do you Have you ever gone to, like, support meetings or things like that or – no, I haven't. I have offered to come speak, and that hasn't come to fruition. But personally, um, my support is from within my heart. I don't really have, you know, questions about those things anymore. I mean, there are the day-to-day -day organizations, and, you know, I only have a part-time job. Can I pay my bills? You know, those types of things. But, but really, when it comes to knowing myself, and I guess you would say my relationship with God, my, you know, whatever semantics you want to use, I, I don't have that anymore because I became what I was asking for. And now I'm just, like I said, just here enjoying whatever I enjoy. That's always so, a good thing. <laughs> so what would you, what is your advice that you would give somebody who is newly diagnosed and trying to figure all of this out? What would you say to them? The first thing I would say is let all the labels and definitions go. We don't know. And you want to get into a space, a healing space. And the less you define it, the more you know, universal it is, really. So I would say it's not the end of the world. Okay, this has just happened. And another thing is you can never separate one wave from another wave. Everything is interconnected. So the guilt that you may have you need to understand there's nothing to be guilty for because there's no way to isolate one incident. And that's another thing. These are all small steps in freeing you and kind of expanding your sacred healing space. And another thing is blame. Again, you can't blame a situation because it's so interconnected that who are you going to blame? Are you going to blame this person or the person they talked to? Are you going to blame your mom because she had you? Are you going to blame this water fountain? You know, who knows? They, really, it's about letting all of those possibilities go and getting into your center. You want to create a healing space. You want to simplify your life. You need to find out how your energy is working, you know, how it's being utilized. Because you really, with something like this, you're exhausted. You're worn out. And now if we're just talking about HIV, where you're not showing any symptoms, it's really about, okay, let me look at my life and let me connect with the part of myself that is more. And really, if you meditate, in which I share with people, it's a very simple meditation. It's just about, it's so simple. It's really so simple. We think it's so complex, but it's all of our thoughts. If you just create some space, you will start to feel that space. And this space is wisdom. It's knowledge. It's more than HIV. 
So it's let the media go because it's, every idea is changing every week anyways. And nobody knows, like I said, because the answer is truly in your heart. To all disease, the answer is within you. Richard, you were talking about meditation, and I know that was something that we sometimes talk about um, as a key for people to maybe help deal with um, depression and things like that. Yeah. Do you find that that's yeah. useful in those areas as well? Every bit of it. I, ha I mean, I could just using myself as a simple example, I was everything. I was angry. I was guilty. I was clinically depressed. I, you know, suicidal, just everything. And like I said, it's like, all your meditation does is that it, it makes you aware that you're larger than those, that you can observe those qualities, even though it can take some time, but eventually you can observe them. And you know once you're out of the forest, you can see the forest. And it's once you're out of your depression just enough, you can see that, wait a minute, I'm more than that depression. And so your awareness kind of comes out of that constricted space of awareness into your larger awareness and you aren't depressed anymore because your larger awareness isn't depressed. That was just a small little game you were playing with yourself. That's meditation is a constant connection to the larger awareness that you are. It's very simple. It's just it, once you feel constricted in something, when you're silent, and you're just observing your breath, and you are aware of that awareness within yourself, you're more than what you thought you were. So, so that is a constant vehicle back to the larger, greater love that we are. So what about um, individuals who, where the depression is, a, is, is seriously a chemical imbalance? Yes. And it is physical, and you know, mm -hmm. not not to not to push this aside or not to, you know, not to um, make light of 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 this, but yes. no amount of meditation will get them to where they need to be. So, what about those folks? Well, that's a possibility, and with with myself, it was about simplifying my sensory input mm -hmm. because most people just sit and will be lost in a, an artificial reality. Like they'll sit and stare at TV or they will get into drugs. You know, they're escaping. So I found that when I had quiet, when I listened to calmer music, when I stopped eating such heavy foods, basically to become light, you you, are, you become light by, by being light. So it's about lightening your food, lightening the amount of energy, the, the, the heaviness, the, the less that's coming in basically and bombarding you, the less you have of that, the more aware you become of your, what's within you, the center, the heart, or what have you. And so I, I, I seem to think that meditation can be a tool for any situation. It's just okay. truly how that wisdom, that certain meditation is shared and taught to another person. But there's a reason that our whole history, there's nothing as consistent as be still or meditate because that is really a universal quote-unquote tool we can all employ. And, right, and so I don't think it's something that's going to like, you know what I mean, it's not going to cure your depression 100%, but it's something that, he can, you know, you can use to, to help you move forward. You know what I mean, Jeremy? Yeah, you need to know who you are. You know, you can't fake it, especially with AIDS. I mean, this is not easy. I mean, how many people want to go, okay, I own my life. You know, I've made every decision. I'm here now. What's going on? I mean, right in there, that omits a lot of people. But that is the way. You really have to know, why am I depressed? What am I attached to? What am I longing for? Why is the moment right now not satisfying me? You know, what am I projecting out that's going to satisfy me, which doesn't even exist? Because depression is usually created by you're living in an artificial timeline. You're not in the moment. You're either stuck in the past of what you think it is, which you'll never remember what the past really is, 
or you're projecting yourself out into something like, oh, there'll be peace that day. The war will end that day, you know, and then you're never really in the moment. You can live your whole life on this timeline. So it's, it's about stopping. You have to stop. And it really helps when you simplify your sensory input, your visual, your audio, your, your, what you're touching. You know, it's calming your mind. Right, and, and and I want to I pull this back a little bit about okay. um, back to HIV and AIDS because sure um, we're we're talking a lot about self awareness, being self aware, being you know understanding, and and I get all of that, but right. HIV is an infection, it's a disease, and okay. it's it's physical. Mm-hmm. It, um, it, it breaks down your immune system. So, well, to be um, honest, everything I've read, I have never come across something clear expressing that, if we're going to go in that direction. Out of all of my, all of my um, you know, investigations, I did nothing but find contradictions. So because of that, I realized my solution did not exist in contradiction. And that's what I'm sharing with people as well. Well, let, let's let's bring it back a little because um, okay. a, a, <laughs> because I, I just want to make sure that our listeners who are listening they yes. are they 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 get a um, a uh, a well balanced of information because okay HIV is 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 absolutely a disease. It absolutely <laughs> Um, eats away at your your immune system. That's all been proven. There's there's nothing out there that's been contradictory to that at all. It's it really? it, okay. It's it's scientifically proven. It's been peer studied. It's over and over and over again. Um, no, um, and and I I I, I got to tell you, I, I think what you what you're doing on on your for for. You know, emotional well-being, I think, is great. I think everybody needs that that emotional cleansing, if you will. But I, I want to caution that, and I want to caution the listeners, is, is that no amount of meditation is going to treat your HIV, and no amount of meditation is going to treat your AIDS symptoms. So... Be, we have to be very, very careful um, what what we say on the air because um, it, I, I I I'm I, I'm afraid that somebody would l- hear this and 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 not look at both sides of the issue and and look at where the science really does win out. So. Um, Okay. So we, we just we just need to make sure that we understand that that um, and, and I'm going to repeat it one more time is that meditation is terrific to get yourself centered and become aware of your surroundings and to be and to listen to your body, but HIV is a real disease that is still killing people, and it's. It's not something that you can meditate away. Right. So, so um, right now I just want to switch the subject. We're getting to the halfway mark. Uh, I was going to stop for a quick break. And um, I just want to remind people that you can find out more info about Richard at richardshooping.com. And I'll put that in the chat room for you all now. Richard, I want to thank you for calling in and sharing your story with us. I appreciate it. Um, and I look forward to hearing more about you. Wonderful. Thank you very much for this opportunity, and uh, everybody have a wonderful time. Thanks, Thanks. Richard. Thanks again for ta- calling in. We appreciate we'll be, it. And we'll be sure. right back. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. 
Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. Um, I just wanted to take the time to let you all know that if you're not listening live on our radio show page, you can come to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash pause I am. I've been told that I've been saying backslash and it's really a forward slash Jeremy. <laughs> For the longest time, Kenji was telling me today that it's a forward slash, not a backslash, and I need to stop calling it that. So um, uh, we're opening the line, so if you want to call in and uh, speak with us, share some of your personal stories. Um, we're going to touch some stuff that's been in the news. So I know Jeremy's going to talk about um, – I think one thing you had you were going to talk about, right? What was yeah, it earlier blo- you mentioned? Yeah, I even blogged about it. I um, I talked about uh, the this guy um, who um, <laughs> um, well, his name is Mike Duvall. He is an assemblyman out in California, and. Um, he he's a Republican, so I'll just you know what I'm just going <laughs> to flat out say it. He's, <laughs> okay, it's another Republican, another extramarital affair, and you know what? And and before all of the conservatives call in and say, well, Bill Clinton, we know Bill Clinton got a blowjob in the Oval Office. He lied about it. We know that. Right. This guy. And and by the way, the Democrats are not the party of family values. I just want to put that down. Democrats do not flout family values as, you know, because they just they just don't. They they're not they don't they think, you know, just go do what you're going to do. But this is a party. The Republican Party flouts family values as it's one as it's almost its key initiative. And um they just can't seem to practice what they preach. And this guy, um, his name is Mike Duvall, and he did he did resign, by the way. And um, and so get this, he was there's there's so much drama around this guy. He was a member of the Assembly's uh, Utilities and Commerce Committee and Rules mm-hmm. Committee. All right, so. He was having an affair with two women who were both lobbyists for for an um, <laughs> for for uh, energy, which was one of his, which he was the chair of the committee that looked at these things. All right, and um, so he leans over, and and there's YouTube all over this thing. He leans over to another legislator in the California State House and starts talking about this um, his his one affair of how he likes to spank this woman of um, how this woman he was on the phone and he actually and she actually said I can feel you dripping out of me. Oh my. Okay. So what does that tell you? It's a little much. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, it, it's. It, it, it's so. It, <laughs> I mean, she comes in wearing eye patch underwear. I don't even know what eye patch underwear is. If anybody knows what eye patch underwear is, please call in and let me know. <laughs> anyway, so, here this guy is having multiple affairs. Stepping out on his wife, okay, and he and they're the and, and no safe sex, no protected sex, none. So, what? You know, the, the question I have is, what? What example does that set for people watching him? For right. people listening to him for people who voted for him, for crying out loud. You know, and, and I'm not saying that all politicians are, 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 are um, angels. They aren't. We know that Bill Clinton had affairs. 
We know that John F. Kennedy had a revolving door in the White House. But these people, these Republican men who continually um, say one thing about family values and then turn around and do something completely different. It's do as I say, not as I do. And why do they get to get away with it? Like the South Carolina um, uh, governor who is flying off to Argentina to have an affair. So, you know, what, what do you think, Robert? What do you think? I, I'm, I'm a little fired up about this. Uh, I think people just need to wear condoms. If, if I, I, I don't know, I don't get into the whole politics. But it's not the politics thing, but there's there's a lot of double standards going on here. Yeah, I mean, it, God, sorry, I have to get a drink of water here. No, that's fine. I have a caller here, so I'm going to bring. Oh, excellent! On. Yay! Who's who's on? Let's see. I'm going to see right now. It's Nate. Who's Nate? Hello. It's Nate. Nate. It's, yeah, Nate. Oh, hey, Nate. Yeah. How you doing? I was on last week. I'm just chatting. Hey, you know, I have no I life. I remember. I have no life. I just sit here and watch Blog Talk Radio. Um, no, you know, first of all, eye patch underwear is that is is it looks like an eye patch, but it goes over your private part. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's like I I the reason I know this is that you remember my my life with the Stonewall Library, so there's all that stuff with the fizzy 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 pictorials of the fifties. Yes, I remember those, Mac. Yes. Yes, we're just, we just ex- did a we just did an exhibit on those down here in Fort Lauderdale, and eye patch underwear is what they wore those little posing things. Yes. Okay. Okay, so that's what they were wearing. This is all. I mean, what the problem is is that when people say, "Oh, well, Bill Clinton had an affair, and Ted Kennedy had Mary Jo Kopecky," and just, but these people weren't, and and I'm using my favorite person Dan Savage's remark. There, these people are virtuocrats. What they're trying to do is they're trying to legislate virtue. They're trying to tell you what to do. Exactly. But, but not necessarily. But the way they get out of it is, and this is this is in in their crazy own mixed up mind is they they want to get out of it because they are God believers and you're not. See, Democrats aren't God believers, right. and they're God believers, and God forgives. Remember Jimmy Swaggart. Yes, I'm so sorry I sinned. That's right. And, yes. and, and I think the real problem that I've always noticed that, that is that it seems like the Democrats seem to get sex for free, and the Republicans are always getting caught with prostitutes. And the real problem is they're jealous because they have to pay for sex. <laughs> what do you think? I, I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, and, and they also they say this bad thing about porn and and drugs and all the. I have a question to ask all our listeners out there: Have you ever heard of a, of a like a dope dealer that like you know really 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 was that? I mean, they don't like force you. You ask dope dealers for the dope, you know, you know. <laughs> they force They're, it on you. They force it on, like, gay marriage. Like, I'm forcing gay marriage on on all these people because, you know, because I'm – but it's virtuocrats, and and that's a great word that Dan Savage has. I love that word. Yeah, it's from Skipping Towards Gomorrah. It's it's out of that book. I I can't remember – when he wrote that, but it's 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 what he does is he's he goes and does the seven deadly sins as a gay man all across the United States. Right. Have you read this book? It's a great Dan, you know Dan Savage is the, the yes, gay. Yes, I love Dan Savage. That's my favorite book. I give I go I have like five or six. I give people copies of that book for gifts because it's it is just hilarious. He he does the seven deadly sins. You know sloth, greed. Is, he goes to Vegas. You know, he learns. To, he, you know, he goes to a swingers party. He does all the seven deadly sins, <laughs> and and does them from the perspective of of you know virtual these virtuocrats, Robert Bork and what's his face, Bill Bennett and stuff like that. See, Bill Bennett, the gambler, and you know, right, right. So, it's, right, so for yeah. people who are listening who might not know who Nate is, Nate runs the um, the HIV Pods cruises, and he was just on last week. 
Um, right. Is there still two spaces available? There's that, still, right? I think there's still two spaces available. I, I just got the word out today. We had two cancellations. We were after my after my wonderful talk. We got all filled up. And I don't know who was listening. And now we have two we have two cancellations from some some personal business. So I sent out an email, and there's and I want you to if it, it, it'll go faster if you just call the travel agent that's handling it, Paul Stahlbaum, who started all this, and he will hook you up. So. I, or just or email me. And I'm Nate Clarfeld on Paz. I am. Cool, cool, cool. But cool. but this, this whole thing out. with the guy, this guy got a one. He's one of the few people in the United States that got a score of 100 from the Family Research Council. Yes, yes. And now nobody gets a score of 100. I mean, this is like an impossibility. So, and he did not apologize. No. By the way, he just said that he resigned. I've got this right in front of me from the New York, yep. from the California legislature. <laughs> he resigned because he was a distraction. Right. To the legislative process. Not not, not because that. <laughs> right. He had you know unprotected he... sex right. with two women, and his poor wife, God only knows what she caught. <laughs> God, you know, it's just. I know. And his children, oh, it, of course. The, the saddest part I have, and I'm, I'm a parent, and is that his children had to hear this. I mean, I mean, his kids are. I mean, he looks like he. He's first of all, he looks like he's 100 years old. He's only 57, but you know, but he's had a rough life. But you know, you could, you could see all these. His poor kids are teenagers, and they're on YouTube and and Facebook, and this is just flying around like crazy. You know, how would you yes. like to hear your dad? And he and he really liked to spank one of them. Yes, because oh, I'm sorry, Robert. I know I know we're supposed to be talking about. All right, I'm else, but uh, about HIV. I, okay. I I, I, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, th- this guy is. I, I've absolutely had it with yeah. with these guys, because they go out and you know it has this has everything to do with HIV, because oh, yeah. you know because they make a moral judgment about us. That's that we've done something right. bad. And we've done something it, bad, and they don't do anything bad ever. No, never. Right. But and God forgives off. them, but God doesn't forgive us. Oh God! I know I'm, I'm going to get in trouble I, saying I'm all this. Loud. But, I, I all right, I'm going to get off the line. I just wanted to no put problem. my two cents in on the virtuocrats because it's now you have and and, and yeah. Dan Savage's book, Skipping Towards Gomorrah. It's a couple of years old, but you can find it like on Half.com or on Amazon. It's a great book. It's hilarious. You laugh for like three hours. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Nate. All right, take care. Good night. Have a good Bye. night. Bye, Nate. Thanks. And you guys can find out more information on the cruises at HIVcruises.com. So, oh my God, yes. And you can find no. out more on your little story on your blog, right? At yes, PositivelySpeaking.com. Yes. I, I, I wrote about it, and I actually posted. Um, a YouTube video. <laughs> it's it's bizarre what these guys think they can get away with. Wow, you haven't posted a video in forever on YouTube. I know, I know. Yeah, it's out there. But um, so so anyway, um, we were talking. You know, it's just it, uh, it, it's sad, really. It's sad. And did you make your call on September 11th? I did. Good. Thank you very much. So did I. I did. I did because we we have a um, there's a there's there's what is it? It's um, coming up September 30th. Yes. And I, oh, by the way, um, before we go, I know we have 10 minutes left, 12 minutes left, but I just wanted to tell all of our listeners that I won't be on air next week because I'm going to be. Um, Having my anniversary with Mark. Ooh, Ooh I knew. Doing something Ooh. special. We are. We're going to Charleston, South Carolina. And what are you doing there? We're gonna we're gonna spend the weekend there. It's gonna be great. We we have this wonderful hotel. We have dinner reservations, and it's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait. Good for you. Enjoy I can't it. Wait. Oh, we are. We're gonna be on the club level of this hotel. Mm-hmm. We get bathrobes and champagne, and everything's going to be ready for us. It's, it's going to be great. I, I'm so See excited. That? I get to get pampered. Yay. See, that love happens after HIV. Yes. See? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and just so everybody does know, love does happen during HIV, you know, before, during, and after. Um, 
And I just wanted to kind of reinforce a couple of points that um, for those who are newly diagnosed, um, make sure that you have good a good team of doctors, and and do get out and get educated, um, because that's that's the only way that you're going to manage with with this disease. You know, um, whether or not you're a spiritual person or if you're not, or, you know, um, but make sure that you have a good support system around you, um, whether that be friends or family or your dog. Um, you <laughs> right? Know, exactly. You know, because speaking of dogs, and I'm going to, I'll come back to that. Okay. Remind me. I'll come back to that point. Um, but, Make sure, you know, find out where your local aid service organizations are um, and just understand that this diagnosis doesn't change who you are. It doesn't alter anything. It doesn't shake anything up. It's a disease. And as with many diseases, it can be managed for the most part through good medical treatment, through um, like what our first guest, what our first guest tonight talked about um, was meditation um, to help you through that emotional and self awareness uh, journey that we all it's, go through. It's really important that people realize that they are more than just you know, somebody with AIDS or somebody with HIV. Right. And, you know, I think when Richard was speaking earlier about his awakening and things like that, it's very important for people to awake whether they do it consciously or not because um, some people just may not understand that and get that, and that's fine because not everybody is, you know, going to understand how to do that. Right. And, you know, and I think it's just important that we awake to something and realize that we're more than just HIV and AIDS and life does go on and you can still – fulfill your dreams and stuff. It's very because important. You, you know, and I, I think one great point that comes out, out of this whole evening is is that we have to treat the whole person, mm-hmm. you know. And, and oftentimes, and, and I see this all the time um, when I go from, from place to place and I go visit doctors and things, doctors tend to treat diseases and they treat the illness. And many doctors forget that there's a person attached to the illness. So mm-hmm. it's important to treat the whole person. Um, and, you know, if you do that through meditation or you go to the gym or, or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing to keep the mind, body, and spirit together, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the YMCA motto, mind, body, and spirit, is, is to keep – those three things together that by doing that you you treat the whole person right um the dog thing and and Nate called in and um and I and I want to give a shout out to Nate because he was with Greg Luganis tonight Greg Luganis yes. I read that Nate. on Facebook I know didn't you oh. I was jealous I'm trying to get Greg to come on the radio show I can't yeah. so, so Nate as you're listening to this make sure you call Greg Right. And get him on on a Sunday night because I don't want him with Jack. Jack gets all the good people. Um, I'm <laughs> well, jealous. starting October, we're only going to be on on Sundays. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, Greg Luganis does a thing. Um, what is it called? Positive Pets or Pets Positive or something like that. Oh God, he's going to. His people are going to call up and they're going to shoot me. Um, <laughs> But uh, about how positive people getting pets in their lives um, helps with that spirituality and that, you know, being able to have that um, companionship. That companionship. Exactly. Because, you know, even though, and even though some of us have partners and, and, and boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands and wives and whatever label you want to give it or whoever you are, you know. There's always that one, um, that that one 
being in your in my apartment, I should say, and I'll, and I'll that that looks at me with undying, unconditional love. And um, I love her, and that's my dog Charlie. I love oh, Charlie. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah. So, but, yeah, for um, all our listeners, um, I just want to make – hold on, Jeremy, one thing. Uh, oh, yeah, I just want to make the announcement um, about the um, the different format that we're going to do because come in October, we're only going to be once a week, and we're going to be Sunday evenings, and it's going to be me, you, and Jack. So you're going to get all three of us um, in the same hour, um, and that's why we are now doing our guests for half hour so people see because we're moving the format and doing different things upcoming to make the show better. So hopefully that will, you know – Excite some people. <laughs> <laughs> Excite people. Excite people. We're mixing and, it up. Right, and I just want to remind people that next, um, the next show that we have is Wednesday, and uh, we're going to have the whole hour. We're going to be speaking with um, Dab Garner, and he is going to sit in and speak about Ryan White funding. So if you have any questions about Ryan White funding or the importance of it, or if you don't know really because you're just diagnosed and you don't even know who Ryan White is, Sit in, join us on Wednesday. We're going to be talking about, you know, the reason why we need to make those calls and why that cut, the budget cut can't happen. It's very important. So I thought that would be interesting. And then next Sunday, we're going, I am going to be speaking with um, Michael Moniz, and he's a life coach. And he actually wrote a, a great article that I actually posted in the newsletter, Jeremy, at the very top. It was uh, the message, this is message from Robert. It's actually uh, his article, and it's okay. an art- article about thriving with HIV, and he actually mentioned uh, the website, Pazai, on in the article for on Planet Out. Nice. Yeah, so it was really cool, um, and he's a great guy, and I, I just kind of can't wait to do that because a lot of people look for, you know, life coaches because it's important. Some people can't move past it, and just having somebody there to listen to you is important because some people don't have that. Yep. And, you know, um, when do I see mine? The 22nd. Huh. And I see my therapist on the 22nd. <laughs> I, and, you know, I see her every three months, once a quarter, four times a year. I, I go in, I check in, you know, because it, it, it's I, – I love mine. I love my therapist. And, and her name is Robin. I love Robin. So, Robin, if you're listening, I love you. Um <laughs> probably not listening she has children so she's you know probably trying to get them to bed or something right but uh, but uh yeah i mean it, it's it's uh, support systems whether it's a life coach or um nate's being naughty in the chat room um <laughs> uh whether it's it's um whether it's a life coach or like you know we've been we talked a few minutes about uh, a few minutes ago was you know just having that support structure and and I, I you know what it doesn't matter how long you've been positive I don't think and this is the my opinion world according to Jeremy is <laughs> is that no matter what stage you are with this virus, we always have that um, that need to 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 look for that support. You know, we you I, I don't care if you are a thirty year survivor. You, I I still believe that that people need you know that that support structure and because you know as long as i've been positive, i i still have these hiv days where i just get up and i look in the mirror and i see and all i see is the virus right and that's all i can think about but those days are few and far between but i still have them because right, it, go ahead yeah i was just going to say because it's still this thing that's battling inside of my body you know it's it's there's this virus going crazy in there and uh it's just 
you know, I, I sometimes you and you just need to talk about it sometimes. Right, and that's why it's so important for people who don't have the support to go to a support group. If you have a computer, you can always join the Pause I Am community. That's a great support for people, and find out more information about the radio show at pauseim.com and more stuff on Jeremy at PositivelySpeaking.com. I want to thank our guest, Richard Speaking, for joining us this evening. And, um, Jeremy, you have we a done? great day, and I'll talk wow. to you in two weeks. Wow, we, we went in that whole hour, huh? Right. <laughs> Goodness. All right, well, thanks, everybody. I'll see you in two weeks. All right, bye-bye. Bye.